after a couple of frustrating weeks watching Ireland. Like all of you, I was glad to see the return of winning rugby last night as Ulster continued their impressive push for the Pro 14 playoffs with victory away to Glasgow Warriors. If you didn't see it, Ulster won 19-13. Among the scorers was future Ireland out half Michael Lowry, Craig Gilroy and Nick Timoney also got tries, which means that we now have 11 wins from 12. Talking points before the game are the fact that both teams hadn't played in about five weeks. It definitely showed in the first half an hour. There are so many handling errors, I lost count. It was a tough test against Glasgow as they were helped by the return of several Scottish internationals. Out half Adam Hastings, who had been injured, Ollie Kebble, uh, Richie Gray, Hugh Jones were back from Scotland duty, Grant Stewart and Darcy Ray, who were also training with Scotland last week, were back. Uh, the other interesting Glasgow forward was Nakarawa, who started alongside Gray in the second row. He's obviously joining Ulster in the summer, so it was really interesting to see how he got on. Equally, Ulster had the likes of Cooney, uh, who'd been overlooked, but ultimately included in the wider Ireland squads, McCloskey, uh, O'Sullivan and O'Toole back from the Ireland training camp. Uh, Jordy Murphy was given the captaincy to reward some of his fine pre-break form. Katia starting alongside Murphy and Timoney in the back row, but unfortunately he hobbled off injured in what could be the last time we see him in an Ulster jersey. Although at the time of recording, I have no idea how bad an injury it was. Hopefully he makes a, a quick recovery from that. Another talking point was Cormac as a Chukwu on the bench. He's a really promising second row, if you haven't heard uh, about him. He's from a sevens background and he did pretty well when he came on. As I say, both sides uh, were rusty for most of the first half. Uh, a lot of handling errors and fussy refereeing, and that continued, uh, to be honest, for, for most of the game. Ulster did well, though, got their win. Uh, it wasn't an instant classic. Michael Lowry got man of the match. Um, and anyway, rather than rambling on about the game myself, I was joined by Stephen Murphy of the Master of None podcast, which is a really good podcast that you should listen to. And we discussed initial reactions to the game, a bit more chat about Ulster generally, and finally, we discuss why things are clicking for Ireland and what they need to do about it. Hope you enjoy it. So I'm joined this evening by Stephen Murphy from the Master of None podcast. Thanks very much for joining us this evening, Stephen. No worries at all. Thanks for having me, Peter. I appreciate it. Yeah, so it's great to uh, speak to someone uh, outside of Ulster and get a perspective on, on what Ulster are like, you know, to, to people who support other provinces. And we're going to chat about the game against Glasgow, uh, which happened tonight. So what are your initial thoughts on that game? Like, we chatted a wee bit there about uh, the fact that ha the first half hour was a bit... Uh, bit rubbish wasn't it but it, it really it got going do you know after the first half hour and uh, Ulster got the win but what's your first reaction yeah I think well, all six weeks I think and it, it looked like it you know they just looked out of kilter in, in some way every way basically possible they looked tad sluggish there was a few good things and then the final actual pass or the offload just wasn't clicking uh, but as you said it did click especially then in that first half with that a beautiful try which uh, was beautifully linked up. I think it was a Lowry, Cooney uh, were all involved, and that was beautiful. But I thought dealing with the pressure early on, Ulster dealt with it very well. You know, th there was no clean linebacks by Glasgow pretty much most of the game, so that was a good sign. And um, 
you know, I did question some sort of the tactics earlier. I don't know what you thought about that. They Madigan denied or it declined the kick a goal uh, and kicked to the corner, and they eventually came away with nothing. But I think when you're yeah. away from home like that, and you know you haven't played in a while, I, I'd always probably lean towards taking the points. But at the same yeah. time, it's, yeah. it's it's it worked out well. But that the, that's the best part about Ulster. That try at the end of the half, that explosiveness and sort of turning something out of nothing. With, with Hume, Cooney and Lowry, that was just brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, so I agree with you. Like, I, I'd be conservative. I'd take the points. As soon as you get the chance to take the points, get them on the board. And yeah, I think it going to the corner, as is, uh, as we've seen in recent weeks, can be a risky strategy. But <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but yeah, like first half an hour, not much happened. Uh, great to see uh, Lowry get the try and that's something I want to talk about in terms of standout performances so who stood out for you tonight Michael Lowry at Man of the Match but is there is there anyone else who stood out for you or what do you think of, of Lowry because there's a lot of a lot of hype about him in Ulster at the minute there is and he is really really good and he's a live wire and he can he's a spark in a lot of ways he can create something out of nothing and what I really like about him is he doesn't really make any mistakes out of nothing you know some, fair enough if someone goes up with him and catches a ball over him that's that's you know forgivable but there's no real clangers in his in his locker which is fantastic especially as a full back I, I definitely would give him a go you know in the future with Ireland my only uh, doubt with him is unfortunately is just his size you know because uh, a pro 14 it's fine but when you come up against an international side there's there's monsters everywhere you know yeah. and they're you know I, I fear a Vakatawa running down the channel with Mike Clare. and I just it's nothing against him it's just his size but look at Shane Williams ex- excel at that level Cheslin Colby's not exactly a tall man either so it's not impossible and it would be my only worry about him is that but he's yeah, he's been fantastic for Ulster. Like he's he's the he's the fullback going forward. I think even when Stockdale comes back, I think I think Ulster fans. Will you tell me? Are they happy to have Lowry at fullback? I think so. Um, Lowry's someone. There's a lot of buzz around him. Um, it's trying to figure out where he plays best. So mm. he, he started almost exclusively at fullback for Ulster and 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 played most of his rugby there. But I I have this sort of campaign going. Ireland could use someone like Michael Lowry. No, he's not ready yet, but I think the way modern rugby's going, I think Michael Lowry really stood it. Um, I think he's 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 exclusive. You saw with his pace there, like uh, he was put through. I think it was uh, trying to think put him through, but uh, we popped him. He was just his acceleration's unbelievable. Mm. Um, he gets away from defenders. He. He always played out half at school and he's been turned into a fullback. Okay. I completely, completely agree with you. Like in terms of his size, it's a bit of a concern. You look at him and it looks like a boy against men. At Sometimes, times. yeah. Can, yeah. yeah. Um, he's very brave in fairness mm. to him and he's, he's solid actually defending. There was, um, there, I mean, there have been occasions he, he's absolutely nailed certain, like, certain big players, you know, knocked them back and it doesn't look you know the physics of it I don't really understand but uh, he, he knocks people back and he's he's exclusive he's dynamic he's creative and he's very skillful and at the minute you know we're facing a bit of an out half crisis uh, for Ireland and there's various options and we'll discuss that a bit later on but I I you know complete Ulster bias I think uh, Michael Lowry is uh, he's one for the future he's one to look out for and I wouldn't I wouldn't say oh he's 
he's destined to be the Ireland out half. But I think he's in with a shout, and yeah, he's just he's one to keep an eye on. But in in terms of other players tonight, is there anyone? Who stood out to you? Um, standout performances? Any weaknesses as well on the Ulster team? Um, um, I thought I thought Human McCluskey got through a mountain of work. In fairness to them, uh, nothing overly spectacular, but just doing their jobs. I thought Madigan came in and came out of the game, but when he was there, he was good. Uh, I thought Cooney, unfortunately, with Cooney, his his. Uh, the standards that he has are just so high. It wasn't his best game, but again, nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing too bad. Thought you know, uh, Nick Timoney's always incredible. Alan O'Connor had a good game. Treadwell again got through a lot of work. Uh, Eric O'Sullivan, Marty Moore, I think did pretty well coming. You know, did their 60, 65 minutes and come off. Uh, I, I love Matchson coming off the bench. I know he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't on for long, and he, but you could tell he as soon as he came on, he was buzzing he was just like full of energy and it was too much energy he just couldn't contain it uh but he's like talk about a fantastic scrum half to come to come on with 20 minutes to go is he he is he had a contract yeah so everyone else is re-signed there's a couple of players who haven't matthewson's one of them um and i think he, he was always a short-term option yeah uh to bring in experience uh for a season and he's he's done well. Like any time I've seen him, he's, he's quality, and it's something we lacked. Um, is a bit of depth at scrum half now. That's changing. Um, so uh, the Ulster fans uh, listening to this will know there's a couple of guys coming through. There's a guy Nathan Duke. You'll remember Neil Duke. It's his yes, son. Yes, I watched him in the yeah. Munster or the Ulster A versus Leinster. A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nathan Duke is really highly rated among Ulster fans. People who've watched him play. Um, He's, he's sort of been labelled as the next big thing um, at Ulster, and I see him as a long-term long-term Ulster scrum half and, and potentially Ireland. Now, I don't want to talk too many Ulster players up, but uh, people people really do rate him, and there's Lewis Finlay as well. So the, the, basically, there's, there's guys coming through the ranks, and I think Albie Matheson was there to bridge a gap. Uh, between okay. uh, between the, the next generation and and to step in and provide some experience, but I think with with Cooney um, and that's something we'll, I'd like to ask you about as well. Do you know guys in Ulster rate Cooney really highly in terms of Cooney? Like I'm not getting picked for Ireland. What's your opinion on that? And do you think he deserves a place? Like tonight might not be the best example of of uh, Cooney's ability, but generally, do you think? that Cooney is deserving of a place in the Ireland team or squad at least yeah so anyone who uh, knows me or doesn't know me they can go back on my Twitter and check it out I've been the biggest Cooney fan for the last last two years probably uh, since he's came to Ulster really I've been I've been really impressed with him I think he's the best scrum half we have in the country uh, I genuinely do believe that I think everything he does is just it's just at a different level to other scrum halves, I think person again personally, even with the the kicking aspect is fantastic as well. I think I don't know why he's been left off Irish squads, and I've been really thinking about it. And I don't know if it's just Farrell doesn't like him to, that fit is that that his fit in his, into his system, or I've also heard that maybe Sexton isn't a fan of him, which I would I could see both being true because I'm sure Sexton dominates a lot. Uh, in that in that squad, so I don't know why. I genuinely don't know why you wouldn't pick your best players. You know, Connor Murray is is a, is a good player, but Connor Murray was out of form for two years and never lost his place. And 
uh, Cooney for a few months was the best player in Europe and then was nominated as one of the best players in Europe and wasn't making the squad. He came back after the COVID break and had two bad games in a row and everyone was saying, oh, you can't pick him, he's out of form. But yet Murray was out of form for two years and nothing mm-hmm. was set. So that's what rubs me up the wrong way about it. I'd rather Farrell just come out and said it because it's so obvious to everyone that he's not being picked for some reason. It's not his talent or his form because it's obviously that isn't the case. So what what is the reason? And and then bringing Craig Casey in, again, it's nothing against Craig Casey, but we saw there against France in the last 10 minutes, he didn't want to bring on Craig Casey because he's not experienced enough. Well, then why, why did you pick him in the first place? You know, if Cooney was on that bench, Cooney comes on. In my opinion, he does, and he brings something yeah. to the game. And that's why it's frustrating as an Irish fan to not see one of your better players playing for your country. And the style that I like Ireland to play in, for us to go into that direction, because we'll get into the Irish stuff, but we're, we're playing Stone Age rugby, to, in my personal opinion. Cooney would excel in that style, and he would bring bring the players around him on as well and make them better. And he would take, for example, for Billy Burns, he takes the kicking pressure off Billy Burns and maybe frees him up a little bit if if... Burns is playing a 10 for Ireland and yeah. why wouldn't you want that as an option on your squad I just don't get it personally but what what do you think yeah well you, you know your audience in terms of <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I'm on an Ulster podcast by the way I genuinely do you anyone who's listened to me talk will will agree that I've been saying that for a while yeah um well it's a it's a sense of frustration for Ulster uh, fans that Cooney has not been included and uh, has been left out in the cold uh, by by Farrell, and there must be, as you say, there must be some reason for it. And there's lots of rumours about why has he fallen out with someone, or uh, but in terms of actual performance um, and ability, I have to say, I think again, like setting aside Ulster bias, I think Cooney Cooney should be there. Like he should be the number number two scrum half probably. I think I think Murray's still. I really rate Murray. Uh, Murray, I think he he was. He was one of the best scrum halves in the world, and uh, you know, in in recent weeks, there's been a call to to change the change the guard, um, get rid of the older players, and bring in young, exciting prospects. Now, one one thing that's working against Cooney is his age. Like he's he's thirty. I don't think that should discount you from a place in the Ireland squads. I think you should pick the the best players available to you, especially in the big games. And I think Cooney's there. What he offers in terms of he's creative, he can kick, uh, he provides a bit of extra spark. And I think um, Craig Casey's one for the future. But as you say, if you're going to include him in the team, you have to play him. You know, if, if you're going to put him on the subs bench, you have to be willing to bring him on. And if Farrell's not willing to do that, you have to wonder why he's he, he, he's included Casey and not Cooney. Um, someone who's experienced, who's a real, he's a big game player. You know, he can come on. And he's proven that in the past. He can come on and slot kicks and uh, in, in dying, dying minutes of the game. He's done that a number of times. Um, so, I mean, uh, to answer your question, from an Ulster perspective, I think uh, we can agree that Cooney should be there or thereabouts. He'd certainly, certainly be, be given a chance. Um, and I think he's been, he's been really overlooked in recent years. It's um, so, Ulster, though. At least, yeah. you know, in, in a way, it is great for Ulster yeah. because it's available, and it was great for you know, Kotia wasn't on the South Africa squad there for a while as well. So, he's had a great yeah. team during yeah. international, but it is it is frustrating yeah. to see, yeah, 
you, you always want. I know. I know what you mean. Like it's it's great to have these guys, the likes of uh, Stuart McCloskey, uh, Katsia Cooney, uh, all available. Uh, Tom O'Toole, Eric O'Sullivan. Do you know they're all they're all there, ready to be picked. Um, but do you know you, you want to see these guys get recognition as well and mm. get get their chance for Ireland uh, because that's what they all. That's what they're all staying in Ireland for. Do you know that's the incentive that's created uh, by by the RFU? Do you know the system is created and designed with that incentive in mind? You could go elsewhere. You could go to France or elsewhere and uh, and pick up a massive paycheck. And there's concerns that that's something that that Cooney may do in the future. That's what I'd be doing. I'd be yeah. off to Paris <laughs> or whatever, or playing in the in the sunshine, making loads of money. I'd say, yeah. fuck you, Farrell. That's what I'd be going. That's just yeah. me personally, though. Oh, a hundred percent. I think people would understand that Cooney did that. Like, yeah, I think there's that much frustration that you'd be like. Yeah, fair, fair play to you. Like, go off and make money elsewhere. You're not appreciated here. And it's one of those things. Like, if someone plays in France, I think, or or, or they're not available for selection, people automatically are like, that that guy would be great to have in the Ireland team. It happened mm. with Zebo and Donnick arrived. Yeah. You imagine if Cooney say he'd never come to Australia, he played in France instead. People would be get him back to Ireland, get him yeah. back playing for Ireland. Probably the same with Stuart McCloskey. You know, if he's playing for for a French team, get get him back, get him get him available for selection. I think sometimes we take people for granted here. Yeah. Uh, in Ireland to, to some extent but um, the other thing I was going to ask you is what's the perception of Ulster um, from from outside of, of Ulster like uh, I'm a bit in, a, in an Ulster bubble and I'm sure yeah. many of the listeners are like whenever you whenever you think of Ulster like do you think up and coming do you think um, a, a team which is uh, developing and growing and moving in the right direction or or What's what's your opinion on sort of like Ulster generally? It'd be interesting to hear like another perspective. Yeah, as as I said before, I'm I'm originally from Ulster myself, but as I I moved to Galway and I've lived in Galway for years now, and I've only got I only fell in love with rugby since I've been to Galway. But I've always I've always considered myself fairly non-biased when it comes to the four provinces. Um, and when I look at Ulster, I think you've already mentioned it. Up and coming is the perfect term to use because. I love, they definitely are probably the third strongest team, in my opinion. They're ahead of Connacht, uh, behind Munster, and then obviously Leinster, the top dogs. But they are building something quite nicely, and they're going about it the right way as well. Like, you know, Izzy, I, I'm going to call him Izzy because I'm going to murder his last name. But uh, Izzy, come on, he was the sixth academy player that's, you know, debuted this year. And that's great to see from, yeah. you know, from any aspect. I like what they're doing with that. They've got a lot of young talent as well. Like James Hume's very young, as you said, Mike Lowry. Um, you know, Billy Burns is still quite young. And then you've got Izzy, you've got, is it David McCann? That I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah, Dave McCann. Dave, uh, I keep uh, hearing amazing stuff mm. about him. So you've got some really good players coming through, and you know, as you said, Doak there at scrum half. So it's all about now keeping them together and, mm. and keeping them, you know, playing the way that Dan McFarland wants them to play. And I think it will come. There's definitely probably some areas like losing Kosia. This is obviously going to be massive, but if David McCann, it could be the best thing that could happen for him. It might fast track his process. Yeah. Um, to becoming the player he can be, you know, yeah. signings like uh, Leon. Um, sorry, his last name's after Nakarawa. Yeah, Nakarawa. Yes, uh, he looked pretty sluggish tonight, but he hasn't played much, so I let him slide. But uh, 
bringing a player like him and is only going to bring lads around him on. You know what I mean? The experience he has and the way he plays the game, it's only going to develop the likes of a David McCann. Uh, so I think definitely up and coming is the, ter- the next two or three years are going to be very important for Ulster that they actually see some reward for all their hard work. work. I think Dan McFarland is a great coach. He's he's brought them on leaps and bounds. Uh, it's exciting to see what they will. There's no doubt about it. Like when it comes to Pro 14, they are a very good team. The next step is getting up to a Leinster, you know, be- yeah. beating Munster regularly, getting to a, 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 a level where you can play Racing and, you know, really, I know last year they nearly did beat them, but to go and, you know, properly believe that you can go and beat a Racing, that's the next step. And I think that is coming. I really am positive for Ulster. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, certainly from an Ulster perspective, um, there's various players, like you mentioned some of them there, but um, we're talking Eric O'Sullivan, mm. Tom O'Toole, uh, John Andrew as well, who, who played tonight. And he's really stepped up. Um, I have to say, I've been really impressed by him. Um, so the front rows and safe hands. And then as you say, like Cormac is a chip where he's a very highly rated big athlete, set, former sevens player. It's, it's great to have guys like that in the squad. I think something that we'll lack uh, when Casilla leaves is a ball carrier mm-hmm. um, or uh, probably several ball, ball carriers to make up for, for Casilla's absence. But guys like, guys like him, they're exciting. Um, and the back row, like Sean Reedy's been great. Jordy Murphy's actually come back into form, and Nick Timoney would be. I mean, that's probably looking at our starting back row for next season. Well, Nagar Awal will be in there as well. But I have to say, like again, it's 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 pure like Ulster bias and optimism on my part. But I think there's not many good young players coming through. One of the guys who who didn't uh, didn't get on tonight, Stuart Moore, uh, inside centre. He's an absolute. He was an absolute superstar at under twenties level for Ireland. And honestly, like whenever McCloskey uh, was injured or is away away with Ireland, Stuart Moore steps in and he he's quality. Like you can, there's certain players you can tell are just quality. Do you know when they step into the team, like they look like they have a bit of time in the ball. They read the game really well. Uh, Stuart Moore is another one of those. James Hume. And as I say, Michael Lowry as well. Um, so there's no shortage of young players there. I could sit and I could sit and list them, but we have a really good um, age profile in the Ulster mm. squad, uh, which is quite exciting for the future. One of the issues you brought up there is is Marshall Kutsia. Uh, in terms of in terms of Kutsia leaving, absolutely got us. It, the the news broke on Christmas Day, ruined Christmas. <laughs> and it wasn't even like it wasn't even subtly done. By the it was so obvious that it was cozy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It was it was just bad timing. Do you know already? Christmas wasn't great, you know, not being able to <laughs> hang out with the family. And then they put this <laughs> this announcement out and you're like, oh, no, that's not yeah. what we needed today. But could say, uh, like, genuinely world-class player, um, huge filster, like, I'd say, to be honest, he's our only world-class player. In terms of replacing him, like, <laughs> what do you think? Will Ulster go down a level um, with, with Nakarawa? Do you think they have enough guys there to, to step into the breach or... Um, what's your opinion on on his departure? Yeah, it, it's tough for Ulster. I totally see why he did it. I, you know, I think he's trying to get some caps with South Africa. Like he wants to play with South Africa, he wants to go home. It's very tough to you know 
not wish a lad like that the best because he's been brilliant for Ulster and he's you know he's still playing his heart out today. Uh, I think he, did he pick up a knock today? I think he went off with a bit of a knock, yeah. so hopefully yeah. he's all right. Yeah. Um, look, Nakarawa is coming over as a back row, so that you know that's going to help. Nakarawa is not going to maybe have the same impact when it comes to big heavy carries, but we know how much he loves to offload. So yeah. you know, if even if he doesn't break a tackle, he always frees up an arm to pop off the ball. So it could be a case of just maybe switching the style up a little bit when it comes to that. Uh, McCann coming ahead, like McCann is only a, is only a young lad, isn't he? He's only twenty twenty one, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's young. He's still loads of time to develop. Yeah. So it could be just a year to you know for us or just to say like, look, we're going to spend this year developing him. You know, uh, we're going on to Irish rugby in general tends to be quite short sighted, and you know, spending a year developing him could make you twice the team in two years' time. So yeah, you know, it's about putting the work in with someone like that. If you do believe in his talents, you know, to, to develop him onwards. And, you know, if if you do get Nakarawa for a year or two, you know, use that as a tool to develop McCann or any other one around him. You know, Jordy Murphy was brilliant tonight. He had that monster turnover at the end and uh, which was just which was huge. Uh, Timonese in a rich of form too so look they're not stuck for people but yeah it's tough to replace if you're looking to replace exactly what Kotsia did you're not going to do it so yeah. maybe alter it a little bit just to give yourself you know a bit more of a chance in, in, in that case that's it yeah so Kutsia do you know we always base our, our entire game around Kutsia he's yeah. such a such a um, powerful ball carrier and just in, t- in terms of everything turnovers his defence it, it's just it's unbelievable. And we're, we're lucky to have had him. Do you know there was some some frustration expressed by Ulster fans whenever he um yeah. he, he decided to move on. But I'd be one of those people, I'm just like, oh it's great we had him. It's a bit like having ruined PNR back in the day. Yes. Unfortunately, he was moved on, but um we're, we're lucky to have had him and you want you want the mix. Uh, like like all of the provinces, you want basically um your local guys. Supplemented by a couple or a few world class players, and we're lucky enough to have had him for a while. Now we've got Nakarawa, and that's great. But as you say, like the likes of McCann coming through, Ulster fans will know the name Azir Allison as well. He's another number eight coming through. There, there are guys there, and they need to step up. And it's probably the only sustainable way, you know. To, to run a club, uh, you need to bring through your own guys. I, I looked at that Ulster pack tonight. At one point, there's six six of the the, the eight uh, forwards were, um, were were not from Ulster, you know, uh, from Leinster. Um, okay. so we've really benefited from from the overflow of talent from Leinster, and that's been great. But and um, and to be honest, you, you'd wonder how how we'd cope without that. But um, we need to bring through our own guys. Um, so, yeah, like, Dan McFarlane's been huge for us as well. Like, Ulster fans listening to this will know what an impact he's had. You can tell, maybe not so much tonight. I thought, I thought tonight the, the quality wasn't great for the, well, throughout, but particularly for the first half hour, we didn't see the best of either, either side. In general, though, McFarlane has introduced a, a style of play to, know, there's a bit of a bit of dynamism, a bit of um, one thing that they, they've really started to do well is shifting the point of contact, and you'll have seen them attempt it tonight quite a lot. You'll remember in the days of uh, of, of Joe Schmidt uh, and Ireland, um, very often you could tell 
exactly who the ball was going through. You could tell watching on TV who exactly the ball was going going to whenever uh, off the back of a ruck. People were lining up to smash the ball carrier. Ulster have done quite well. They've, they've introduced this style where they shift the point of contact. Look at the ball carrier. He'll pop it on to someone else. And it will just, it'll, it'll allow a wee bit of room for an offload. I think that's the way rugby's going anyway. Do you know, um, offloads are becoming a massive, massively important uh, part of your skill set, um, keeping the ball alive. And Dan McFarland's done really well uh, with that. Is there, is there anything, do you know, in terms of watching Ulster recently, have you, have you noticed anything, like in terms of the way they've developed their, their game, um, and uh, how you think they've progressed under McFarland? Yeah, I think uh, I'd say a lot of his changes even has been mental. He seems like a real... He just seems to be very professional. He seems to know what he's talking about. I think the players have bought into that massively, which is which is half the battle in a lot of these teams. Uh, uh, certain players like tonight, I loved when that's the first try they scored, came off a turnover, and it never was in their mind not to attack. Do you know what I mean? It was, let's ping the ball out wide, let's get through the hands and create space. And that's fantastic to see, because again, you're getting the best out of your players and their skill sets. You know, again, we'll get on to Ireland. This kicking game that Ireland is doing, it's not getting the best out of their players. So it would be stupid to do it at Ulster without, you know, with the quality of players you have. And, yeah. um, you know, that's fantastic to see. And uh, the belief to try stuff seems to be, I don't know if that's just a confidence he's given them or, you know, he's actually, you know, he, it's a case of not afraid to make mistakes because there was a lot of mistakes tonight, but it, they still won the game. They still were by far the better team. Um, and I know as a, if, if I supported if I was a supporter of the team, I'd be okay with mistakes if it meant that they were trying stuff. Uh, and you know, at some stages it's going to click. That's just the way it is. Also tonight it didn't click for the first thirty-eight minutes, and then it did, and they scored a try and under the posts. You know, uh, and yeah. so that's I think that well, again you you'd know more. What do you think he's brought? To, what do you think he the difference he's made? Well, as you say, the difference has been. Um, He's introduced a, a new style, but also a, a new mentality. There's a mantra around Ulster, fight for every inch. And to a large extent, people have uh, have lived up to that. You know, even when we haven't played that well, we've still got the win. I think there's people people have really bought into that mantra. You know, if nothing else, you give, you give absolutely everything. And... It's brought out the best in guys. Uh, Jordy Murphy is a good example of that. He's really come into form recently. Uh, for the first sort of season at Ulster, we didn't see the best of, of Jordy Murphy, but we're now starting to see that. And there's guys stepping up to the plate. And there's a bit of competition. And I think the atmosphere has changed entirely around Ulster. There's so much positivity. We went through a raft of different coaches and it just didn't it just didn't go well. We went through that terrible season. There was all the controversy around Ulster and stuff like that. Uh, McFarland's has brought a new a new mentality and that's been great. And even in games, you know, that we haven't won, at least we're putting up a good fight. And um I think fans appreciate that, you know, from an Ulster perspective. You just want to see everyone giving a hundred percent and in time, that will start to produce more results. And in fairness, we're, we're, we've done we've done all right this season, you know. Um, but what we really want to get back to is um, we want to be competing with the top teams in Europe. Um, that's I think that's the ambition with Ulster. And oh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that 
uh, in time that we'll, we'll start to see that. So yeah, McFar- McFarland's been great and positive, positive display tonight. Um, I thought uh, a tricky game. They haven't played in a while. Came back in and you could see the rustiness mm. at times, especially in the first thirty minutes, but throughout the game as well. But um, we got we got the result, and that's what matters. It's, it's, uh, you see that all the time in football. It's getting the result that matters, yeah. uh, even if you grind it out. And, yeah, the uh, Fer- uh, Fergie's Man United teams were famed <laughs> for winning ugly, do you know, and that's exactly a sign exactly. of a good team. So yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And in terms of, I mean, that's the positive. Uh, side of things that we're talking about in terms of Ireland I want to talk to you a bit about Ireland and how the Six Nations have gone so far now reading social media it's a bit of a cesspit in terms of in terms of (laughs) in terms of opinions and you you wonder like you wonder if people watch the same game sometimes whenever you read the comments Um, but certainly I, I wouldn't be as negative as most people about Ireland at the minute some of the comments really critical of like say Billy Burns and about Farrell needs to go and Mike Cat has done absolutely nothing. Now there's there's probably a grain of truth in some of those things. Um, but I want to hear your opinion about Ireland. Have you lost faith in Farrell yet? Do you think we should persist with Farrell and the the game plan or lack thereof that we have at the minute with Ireland? Oh God, how long do you have? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, uh, have I lost faith in Farrell? Uh, no, not yet. I haven't lost faith in him. I haven't necessarily loved what I've seen, but we hired him. He's got a contract, and I, I, I wouldn't be in favor of you know getting rid of someone before their contract ends, unless it's as you said, unless we lose every game in the Six Nations or something like along the lines of that extreme. But no, he signed on to the World Cup. If I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he is signed on to the World Cup. I think the problem with Ireland rugby, again, I said this before, but everything is so short-sighted. No one thinks big picture with this. And, you know, we tend to not prioritise the World Cup. And for a country who's regularly and always struggled at a World Cup, we seem very fearful of doing anything different and preparing for one. That's always been the way. We've failed at the same hurdle every time and we've changed nothing about how we prepare for one because we're so short-sighted. This Six Nation matters uh, and look, Six Nations do matter. I get the whole side of it. financial. I get that. But why not sacrifice maybe one Six Nations and then possibly benefit the next year and the year after and then go to a World Cup with your best possible team? Uh, the style of play, I, I said this recently on my own podcast, but the last 11 years, Johnny Sexton has dominated Ireland rugby. He's been the number 10. He's been our best player. And the team and the system was built around him. And that was fine. That was a smart thing to do because he was our best player. It worked. We were successful with it. That isn't the case anymore. He's not the Johnny Sexton he was. And that's fine. It's nothing personal against Sexton. But in my opinion, it's time to move on. We looked, and t- tonight's the prime example, and Billy Burns is the prime example. The style of play we played against France isn't going to get the best out of Billy Burns. It's just not. You're expecting Billy Burns either to be Johnny Sexton, which is unfair because he's not, or succeed in a system that's designed for Johnny Sexton. Again, that's unfair. Like tonight, example, uh, Ulster turned the ball over, passed out through the hands, scored a try right before half time. Against France, we turned the ball over a line out, and Billy Byrne kicks it. That's not Billy Burns' game. It never has been and it never will be. You're not going to get the best out of him if you do that. So we need to really change our outlook and style when it comes to the Irish setup. We need to look at the players we have and possibly going forward and design it around them to get the best out of them. 
I'm not saying Billy Burns is the man to get us to a World Cup. I don't know if he is or not. I'm willing to find out over a few games. Like people are already clamoring back for Sexton and Murray to come straight back in. And it just blows my mind. Like they just can't see past the next game. And it's so frustrating to, to sit back and watch it. I don't care if we lose a couple of games this year or even next year. I want to do well at a World Cup. That's where the big boys come to play. And it always has been. And we never do it. And it just it's so frustrating to see. But we have the players to play a certain style, which would be brilliant for Ireland. Uh, the stats at the moment are not great when it comes to our attacking play. We average 50-plus carries before we get an offload. France averaged nine. So every ninth carry, they're offloading the ball. Every 50-something carry, we're doing it. And it's You can't tell me we don't have the players to play that kind of way. Of course we do. These are professional players. They're incredibly good players. But it's it's an old-age way of looking at it that is setting us back and will continue to set us back. And I said it before, if Sexton plays or starts another game it's an absolute waste for us. And it's nothing personal against Sexton. It's nothing personal against Leinster. I'm just looking down the road. We only have 20-odd games left before a World Cup. Every game he plays is a game against another fly half coming up. Mm. And people are so quick to get Harry Byrne. And I didn't watch the Leinster game, but by all accounts, he wasn't amazing tonight. And that's okay. Again, I feel bad for Harry Byrne. People are trying to throw him into the 10 jersey in Ireland already. And the man, he's only a Gawson, as, as the lads in Cavan would say. He's only a Gawson. Like, it's just, it's, and you see pundits do it. Like, Brian O'Driscoll has been calling for it. And it's, like, people listen to Brian O'Driscoll and they think everything he says is true because it's Brian O'Driscoll. And that's dangerous for fans because that's ridiculous to say. Do you know what I mean? And it just, sorry, as you can tell, I feel quite passionately about this. Uh, <laughs> sorry for going on for so long, but it's, if we just change the way we look at stuff and, you know, I'll finish with this. The way, if we play with Sexton and Murray and play the way we are, we have a certain ceiling of talent or as, as far as we can go, there's a ceiling on it. If we possibly change the way we play and our style and change personnel, that ceiling might go higher. It might go lower, but that, we know what the ceiling is going to do. And the ceiling isn't going to get past a, a World Cup quarterfinal. But the ceiling that we don't know quite yet, it might. You never know. I'd rather find out that way than do what we're doing currently and still fail. And that's just how I feel about it. But sorry if yeah. that was a rant. No, no. I think there's you've, you've uh, encapsulated a, a frustration uh, among Ireland fans. And uh, whenever Farrell took over, we were promised this heads-up rugby, uh, dynamic, sort of thinking your feet, offloading, something entirely different to Schmidt. Under Schmidt, it was overly prescriptive. Uh, it worked well for a while. Uh, the, the whole sort of working uh, between the sort of the, the tram lines, working your way up the pitch, hoping for penalties and uh, only getting it wide whenever there is a clear overlap or opportunity. And it was sort of very prescriptive. And I was excited to see Farrell take over. I think Farrell is a good coach. Remember what's in the Lions documentary? And uh, I've heard from various people as well, uh, various people involved in that squad who said that Farrell was uh, effectively, uh, he took over the dressing room. He's a very motivational coach and yeah, I don't doubt his ability at all. Uh, but you have to question Ireland's, Ireland's attack. Do you know, it, it, it just, there, was, there didn't appear to be any, any particular plan against France. I think that's where they're really showing up. There, there wasn't enough dynamism. There wasn't, didn't seem to be any set plays. You know, it was, it was fairly predictable. And Sean Edwards, French defence, just swallowed them up. And we never, 
there's ability there. Do you know, you look at the likes of Hen- Henshaw, Ring Rouge, that's a top quality centre partnership. And I thought it would change everything. I thought uh, New Zealand internationals, that, forget about that. You know, we've got Henshaw and Ring Rouge coming back in. But although they both, they both played okay, but we should, we should be... Uh, we should be far above where we are at the minute. You mentioned the fact that uh, we need to change things up. Murray, Murray and Sexton are not the answer anymore. In that case, who do you think are the people that we need to introduce into the squad? Who do you think we need to bring into the team? Who's the next option at nine and ten? That's the key partnership and the one that's causing most controversy at the minute. And the, the, there's some options there at back three as well. People were really not happy with either Gibson Park. Uh, or Billy Burns, uh, um, and then James Lowe as well came up, came in for a lot of criticism. Mm. Who do you think we need to bring in? Um, it's tough in terms. Of, I, I particularly I like Gibson Park. I love his attitude towards the game. He's not as uh, clinical as a as a Murray, and he's going to make more mistakes. But he tries things, and he's a you know he's a attacking minded, and I like that personally. But I can see why people aren't overly in love with him. Um, if look, if I'd bring Cooney in, if I could tomorrow, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'd bring him in. Um, I would. I wouldn't have Case there at the moment. It's something against him. I just think he's not there at that stage. My three scrum halves would be Murray, Cooney, and Kieran Marmion uh, from Connacht. I think they're the best three scrum halves that we have going. And then um, if you know, which, uh, play them, see what happens, see what the kind of what how they get on. Fly halves. Uh, I'd still have Sexton in the squad, but I'd have him there as a. 10 minutes to go, let's see the game out, bring Sexton on. I think that's a fantastic option for him. Uh, starting the game, I'd still keep Burns there. I'd, I'd bring in, I, I, I like. I don't dislike Ross Byrne. Uh, I think he uh, has potential. Jack Carty for Connacht. I think Jack Carty on his best day is possibly our best fly half in the country. But the problem is you never know what Jack Carty you're going to get. And that's, that's why he hasn't gotten that opportunity yet, I think, because some games for, for Connor against Leinster when Connor bet Leinster, he was f- unbelievable. He was the best player on the pitch. And then he could go out the next week against, you know, an Ospreys and have a stinker. And that's the problem with Jack Carty and, you know, his performance chart is up and down. So it's tough in that sense. I don't know. There, there is no clear answer yet as who is, who is the success, you know, the successors, but I'm happy to spend the next year, year and a half finding out. And I'm not too worried about the results. Is my yeah. point? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I get that's it's rugby's very much uh, results dependent, uh, but that's the way it is. On like on Andy Farrell, I I agree with you. I like Andy Farrell. I think he speaks incredibly well. He's very positive. You know, he doesn't make excuses. Um, my cat as an attack coach, obviously questions are going to be asked because the attack was so poor. Uh, this kicking game style that England have made so famous. It, England got found out against Scotland and Ireland got found out against France with 10 minutes left and you're chasing the game there's no plan B there's no let's make something ourselves here and create with the ball in hand they're still kicking the ball away and hoping for mistakes and I don't know if that's uh, you know I'd rather have the ball in my hand and try and create something than let the other team make a mistake but that's me personally but what do you think yourself what, what do you think the best pairings could be? Yeah it's, it's really tricky that's the million dollar question at the minute mm. um, I think Currently, I think the second best out half in Ireland is Billy Burns. Um, I think the best is is still Johnny Sexton. But if you're looking, I, I completely agree with you. If you're looking to the future, uh, which I think you have to do given uh, Sexton's age, um, no, I would I wouldn't write him off immediately. Do you know? But uh, I, 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 
as you say, completely agree. Keep him in the squads and he's a safe pair of hands. It's a sort of a unique problem that Ireland face now. Uh, we've been lucky that we've had a succession of great Oihoffs mm. uh, for about 20 years. You know, we had Humphreys and we had uh, we had O'Gara and we had Sexton and that's taken us up to the present day. And we've been very lucky and it's been pretty seamless um, because um, those guys have all been competing with each other and there's always been... Uh, you know, a great level of competition between them. Uh, sometimes oh, uh, a, a bit of hostility, which is great. You want people who um, who are coming into the team and really uh, putting a marker down for that uh, for that 10 shirt. Now, at the minute, there's no obvious answer. I completely agree. Now, I think in, in terms of people who, who are exciting, um, Joey Carberry, if he ever gets back uh, fit again, and if he gets some minutes, I think he's an exciting option uh, because we know how, we all know how talented he is. I think he's the the, the obvious uh, choice. Ross Byrne uh, is solid. No, no offense to Ross Byrne, I think he's a wee bit uninspiring uh, in terms of other options. You're looking at Crowley coming through. There's uh, there's uh, Michael Lowry as well, uh, who who played at t- uh, 15 for Ulster tonight. Uh, exciting prospect. I think one of the things people neglect to to look at is <laughs> whenever whenever I suggested again complete Ulster bias. Whenever I suggested Michael Lowry uh, as potentially being the next Ireland ten, people say, "Of course, of course not. Like he's he, he's not ready for it." And I, I sort of agree, but if you're looking to the future, I think Johnny Sexton got his first proper Ireland Cup when he's twenty four. Uh, Michael Lowry, he's still twenty one. And he's turning it up for Ulster. And three years' time, you know, like when he's got a load of games under his yeah. belt, a few more seasons under his belt, could be could be an exciting prospect. There's various players like that. Uh, I, I remember Sexton coming into the team, um, replacing O'Gara. And I always felt a bit nervous him coming on. You know, any new player, there'll always be a bit of a backlash. And look what he went on to uh, to achieve for Ireland. Like, unbelievable player. One one of the best Ireland I have ever. Uh, fantastic. So, I mean, I just the, the answer is it's so hard to tell. I think Ireland are trying to figure that out at the minute. But I think there there are various talented players coming through, and I'd be hopeful that I'd be hopeful that the likes of Craig Casey will get opportunity in the Six Nations. And in the short to medium term, being an Ulster fan, of course, I have to say John Cooney should be given a chance as well. But yeah, it's it's interesting times. It's a real period of period of transition. People need to give give the coach and then give the players a bit of slack, or you know, cut them some slack and be like, you know, it might be a rough couple of you know a couple of months or maybe a year, but yeah. you know, stick with it, keep the faith, and I think we'll will benefit it. Now that'll probably go out the window when Murray and Sexton start against Italy and we're back to square one again. But look, it's that's just the way it is with Ireland, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. And, uh, to, to, to an extent, you know, it's probably self-preservation on Farrell's part. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to yeah. lose more games and put himself under more pressure. And, uh, you know, he's under contract and it's, it's a pretty sweet gig he's got with Ireland. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, wants to, he wants to keep the job. I think people would respect the fact, I think if we're losing 
we may as well lose the young guys, and uh, that that's that's the point. So yeah, on on that note, I I think uh, we've sorted all of Ireland's problems now. So <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I think what we've all learned today is that Doak and Lowry will be our starting nine ten come France twenty twenty three, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. No, no problems. With it. Very glad to hear you say that. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So. Thanks so much, Stephen. I really appreciate your time this evening. And uh, hopefully someone from the uh, sort of Irish management or Irish, if you're listening, yeah, they yeah. take these ideas on board. Yeah. <laughs> Farrell, call me. Come on the pod. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. No, thanks for having me on, Peter. I appreciate it, man. It was good fun. That's great, Stephen. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>